Welcome to Perfecting the Formula. My name is Mahesh. And this is Juan. And welcome to our first ever motorsport recap episode. So this is going to happen once a week, and it's just going to be us going back through the news throughout all of motorsport. So Juan, why don't we kick it off with our first story? All right. It's a series of stories, but actually it all pertains to one race, which is the WEC, uh, the six hours of Spa. So to begin, you know, we on our outside or side chats outside of this podcast, we usually talk about random things that happen in F1 and uh, Pastor Maldonado actually uh, secured his first victory in the LMP1 class at these at this race. Wow. I mean, um, good for Pastor Maldonado. It's been a it's been a hot minute since we've heard some good news from Maldonado. I mean. Uh, obviously, he's the ex-Formula One driver that was noted for being crashed or Maldonado. But, I mean, World Endurance Championship is becoming another spot where you see a lot of ex-Formula One drivers, including uh, His Holy Highness, uh, Fernando Alonso. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and this is actually uh, Pastor's first win since 2012 Barcelona. Where he won for Williams, uh, who seven years later are bringing up the back of the grid. How the mighty have fallen. But yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty great. I think that uh, him doing well in WEC um, might sponsor some possibility for him coming back to Formula One eventually. I think I thought he was always an interesting Formula One driver because he just spiced up the races. He would spice up the races, but I don't think he's the material to bring back because, you know, there's so many good young drivers coming up through the other series that they're either going to get funneled into Formula One or, for, or Formula E. That's a good point. Hopefully funneled into Formula E. But yeah, I mean, good to see Pastor Maldonado getting a win. All right. Next thing that happened at Spa is, um, and I do not like the title. You mentioned it earlier. Ex-Formula One driver, Von Dole. Yeah. So the, the, to read the whole title, the, 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 the whole title says, Ex-Formula One driver, Van Dorn's SMP WEC debut marred by gear issues at Spa. On the surface, cool. Okay. It's an issue. It's a story about a driver having gear issues during a race. We've seen, we've all seen stories like this. My question is, why is he being introduced as ex-Formula One driver Van Dorn when he is current Formula E driver Stoffel Van Dorn? I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, this is from Autosport. Maybe uh, Gary Watkins has something against Formula E. Well, Who listen knows? up, Mr. Watkins. <laughs> I don't uh, think I think you need to uh, chill out there. He's a current Formula E driver and a pretty damn good one, too. So uh, he, and I remember right. He has some points. Not much, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not he's not doing awful. He's got some, you know, points. Uh, he's he's got he's got some decent points given our current Formula E race he could technically probably still win this championship somehow but i mean yeah he's got 18 points to his name that's not bad for especially for hwa who's been having trouble finishing races in the first place and he qualified pole in one of those races so like current formula e driver stoffel van dorn anyway let's talk about these gear issues uh which is quite interesting mainly what stuck out to me is the gear issue because stoffel van dorn has not had a good time with any car he has touched in a honestly, hot minute. Honestly, they all either have drive shaft issues, gearbox issues, engine issues. <laughs> like, I, I just just not not an overall good car to be in if it's Stoffel Van Dorn sat in it. So, um, could he should he hang up his helmet and just do something else? I mean, no. I mean, obviously <laughs> not. I just think he's just had a string of bad luck. But man, what did they say the gearbox issue was? Just like. He lost a certain gear, or was it degenerative? I mean, um, uh, 
fifth. Oh wait. Uh, the enga- he had issues engaging the higher gears when it started actually downpouring rain slash snow. Uh, probably got some water into the system or something. Yeah, which is not fun. But hey, uh, talking about snow, guess um, who won the race? Who? Alonzo with the Toyota team. Well, oh, Boemi and Nakajima. Let's give Boemi and Nakajima the credit. Yes, because uh, both of them also ex Formula One drivers. Uh, wow, that was just a whole X Formula One team. Yeah, <laughs> Alonso and Brundon were Yeah, uh, but it's what made it funny about this is that um, Alonso twenty actually last year uh, winter testing in the snow. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they all had the experience. The, uh, or Alonso had the experience of uh, testing in the snow. So I guess that's pretty good. Uh, so should we bring Formula One into snow? Honestly. I mean, it technically could happen if you just had some rough weather. I'm trying to think of what the early races are. I could totally see China one day somehow getting some snow because it's gotten chilly-ish there every now and then. Um, yeah, because we kind of play the globe, so we start in the southern hemisphere. Actually, October Austin, given Texas's propensity to just go weird as shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, late October in Austin, that 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 has some risk involved. What about dodging tornadoes in the early spring? Honestly. <laughs> and, uh, oh, it seems that the Williams car has just been lifted off the track completely. I guess Vettel will stop complaining about blue flags now. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so with this win, they're actually very close to clinching the title for uh, for the, um, the WEC the WEC. We are not calling it WEC. The Um, WEC. The WEC, yeah. I mean, that's awesome for Alonso, I think, to leave um, Formula One and go back and win a championship and another thing immediately. Just shows the true ability he has and he better win the Triple Crown. Yeah, and especially, uh, well, we'll be talking about that in uh, two weeks' time? Yeah, when it's time for Indy. 23rd. We'll we'll do the math later for you guys. Yeah, honestly, uh... (laughs) pulls up calendar to look at it but yeah i mean it's going to be an awesome race for sure um so uh talking about one of the many things that formula one has done uh so you know how this year we actually well not we formula one has introduced the halo indy car is actually bringing their own semi version of the halo weirdly oh so it's their version of the safety device to protect a driver but actually, it's more of a fin than anything else. Wait, uh, which is bringing it back again? Uh, oh, not Indy. bringing it back. Uh, Indy car is bringing a fin. It's literally a fin that sits right in front of the driver. I think that's smart. But at the same time, I don't know how that's going to work. Because go back to last year when, um, was it Charles Leclerc going over Alonzo? Or the no, other Alonso way around? Going. Oh, going over Charles Leclerc. It was Alonzo going over Charles Leclerc. The way that that fin is positioned, Leclerc wouldn't have even come close to the fin and would have just gone into Fernando Alonso's head. Yeah, and the counter to that would be like, Mr. Hanging Like a Cow could just easily, I don't know, actually, I don't know how the seatbelts are disengaged, but at least if they're similar to the ones we have in FSAE, you just twist and you could just drop. Yeah, so, I mean... I, I think, like, I get where they're going with the fin. They did the Claro thing for a hot second, too. That was another idea that was thrown out. It was just, like, a windscreen thing. But, again, that doesn't protect against decapitating cars coming over the side of you. Mm-hmm. So I think that... Halo must have been the 
semi best choice. Yeah, I mean, like uh, I give the FIA a lot of shit, but at least they know <laughs> what they're doing when it comes to safety. So at least now they do. Not back in the eighties, but like at least now they've kind of got their act together. So I'm not going to give them too much shit for that. So I don't know if this fin is the right way to go. Yeah, I, I always thought the fin was weird. Um, based on the typical track that IndyCar races, it's not a bad prop, not a bad thing. But when they start hitting the actual street circuits like uh, St. Petersburg, where they're bound to get T-boned on like uh, they race at IndyCar, which is just a giant oval, and it's hard to actually put a cart on its side and actually hit it right head on. Yeah. So the fin would be good at like oval tracks or super speedways. Actually, no, it wouldn't, because think about the number of times that IndyCar goes head over heels. They're like rolls and rolls and rolls. Yeah, but what I'm talking about is more of actually another car coming and hitting on them. So, Well, yeah, I mean, that okay. happens too, but I mean, the last death in IndyCar was a guy just losing it on his own. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think this fin's the right <laughs> way to go. So they're saying they're going to bring it out sometime um, – by next year but maybe they could rethink that yeah um damn americans trying to do safety <laughs> give me some beer and whiskey we'll be good honestly all right um last thing uh well not second to last um they actually uh the washington post did a uh interview with uh schumacher's the son. washington post <laughs> Yes. Among all of the places <laughs> for that interview to occur, it occurred with the Washington Post. Sorry. I have no clue. I don't judge. Whatever. Uh, which is an independent writer did it. Uh, Joseph Wilson from the AP. Um, okay, now this makes more sense. <laughs> but anywho, uh, this article, they're talking about how uh, Schumacher's... Um, should we just call him Schumacher or just Mika Addict? Sh- Call him Mick, for the love of God. Mick. Yeah, Mick. Just call him Mick. All right, we'll go with Mick. So Mick has actually been working hard. We saw that in Formula 3 when he did terrible on his first year, and then he did really great on the second year. Uh, this year, you know, they're struggling, but he's getting there. He, you know, he's sticking to a really hard regiment on actually trying to make himself a better racer. Um I mean, part of this is just also you're trying to live up to the Schumacher name. Yeah, that's the next best thing, It's which actually was going to lead me up to my one of the questions about this article. They didn't really talk about it, but do you think Mick Schumacher could ever live up to his dad's name, no. at least in the race? No. No. <laughs> just there's... You shouldn't try, first of all. I, I, this is my issue with kids racing in Formula One is they're always trying to live up to their parent. And a lot of times it's really, really hard to do. Like Jacques Villeneuve living up to Gilles Villeneuve. Gilles Villeneuve got a track named after him. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen, and Jacques didn't. I mean, in some cases you have where the kid somehow outdid the parent, which was Max Verstappen doing way better than Jos Verstappen. But, I mean, in the case of Michael Schumacher, seven-time world champion, it is unfair for us to compare Mick to that. I mean, when, when, when Charles Leclerc entered into Formula One, where you're like, yeah, but is he Schumacher good? <laughs> no, right? We were like, is he good enough to be Vettel's teammate? Which he is. And is Vettel, the real question is, is Vettel good enough to be Leclerc's teammate? But that's another issue. Yeah, we're going to talk about that next <laughs> article. Yeah. But, I mean, the real problem is like, no, don't compare him to his father. Let him be his own man. And I guarantee you part of the reason he's doing this hard regimen is because of all the people asking him, like, do you think he'll be as good as your father or your father, blah, 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 blah. Let the kid race his race. Like, 
Let him be his own driver. Not everyone has to be a seven-time Formula One world champion. I mean, Mika Hakkinen probably could have been a seven-time Formula One world champion, but he was satisfied with one or two. It was something like that. Yeah, there's some racers like Rosberg who... No, 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 no. I will not bring up Mika Hagen and then you follow it up with Rosberg. Rosberg (laughs) left after his championship because Rosberg knew him getting a championship broke the laws of nature. (laughs) But still, you know, there's racers that, you know, call it quits that that's all they wanted to do. And they barely did it by the skin of their teeth and a bunch of luck. If Lewis (laughs) Hamilton's car didn't hate him that season, he would not. All right, anyway. Um... (laughs) All right, what's this last article that Juan's going to rant about? Um, it's a rant and a praise. So um, this weekend, we just had the um, Hockenheim, um W Series, which we randomly talk a lot because we, yeah, we hate it, have... but not because it's a series for women. We hate it because it's a series why segregated. Why do you need the series for women? You should be instead of putting all this money into creating a separate series for women, you should be putting this money towards female drivers that are like six and be like, "Hey, girls, come to the go kart track, try this out, and start at a young age, and then build up a whole new generation of women drivers, and then allow them into Formula One, and don't have this thing where they have trouble pulling sponsors because they're women or blah, blah, blah. They don't bring the money with them. And just have them enter into the sport and put the money there instead of a separate series for them. And not also that, but not also the entry level, but you already have many women driving out there. Use some of that money and, you know, Almost like paid drivers, but with actual talents. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> fire Vettel. And they, there you go. We have a Formula One seat for them. <laughs> Which actually brings me to one of the things I was looking at. Uh, Chadwick won the race, this, uh, this first race, and she blew everybody out the water. I think she could have finished several seconds ahead of everyone, but she, it was a wet race. She kind of slipped up. At the beginning, felt, at the beginning of the race. At the beginning, she felt a second or third. Yeah, and she pulled it back out. Yeah, and she recovered, blew the crowd of the water from what I read. So, I mean, I think that that was that's amazing, and that there's a Formula One seat available to her at the great team of Ferrari because Sebastian Vettel is not that good of a driver. <laughs> yeah, and you know these are spec cars because they're uh, based off Formula Three. And, you know, all that fun stuff. See, and here's the other thing. They're racing this W Series not during a Formula One weekend at a Formula One. See, like, if you're going to create the W Series, you have F2 races at the F1 race. Why not have those also? See, there's just a whole realm of... It's like they're like, see, we gave them this, and now we can hide them, and no one has to pay them attention. And talking about not paying attention, how are we going to watch it in the States? It took me, like, an hour to... Yeah, it's not televised. You are literally like, we gave them a bone, and now we're just going to hide them. It's it's so stupid. Uh, anyway. But other than that. Other than that. That was our news for the day. That was our news for the week. week. For the week. Um, um, uh, come back every Saturday. We'll always have these episodes available, and we'll be do- try to cover uh, news from as far across as we can. Uh, obviously... There might be longer episodes during certain weeks, uh, a.k.a. the Geneva Motor Show and things like that. But, I mean, or when, whenever that Le Mans thing happens, if we don't have our own episode dedicated to that. But, yeah, uh, this has been our week recap for um, Motorsport, and my name is Mahesh. And this is Juan. And this has been another episode of Perfecting the Formula.